What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Grind Podcast, where I talk about hunting, entrepreneurship, fitness, and the daily grind and what it takes to earn it every day. And part of that grind is going hard in the paint on the mountain, especially on a general unit. So we might as well talk about the most recent film that is called General Unit. And it was Aaron. I sent him into my old stomping grounds with good old Belmer Cakes, which is our little uh, part-time, I guess we call him, cameraman. He's about soaking wet, buck 30. Uh, he's quite the specimen. Um, he don't say a whole lot, but he goes hard in the paint, especially on the mountain. He can hike hard and, and pack hard. And he's not too shabby behind the camera. But first off, uh, let's talk about, um, we, we contacted Baku and we're like, hey, let's try out your bikes on a hunt. We got a perfect hunt for it. So we call up old Brian over there at Baku. He sends us with a Jaeger and a Storm. I don't know. What was it? Yeah, a, a Storm Jaeger and a Mule. Oh, okay. Perfect. So how was it riding with Belmer on those e-bikes? Okay, so it's hard riding with an e-bike with a heavy backpack. So I'm just going to put that out there as a disclaimer, especially in a little bit rougher country. It can make uh, anybody just a little bit wobbly. But how did he do? Belmar, are you going to listen to this? Because we're going to make fun of you. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, this would be like riding a bike with Kendry, <laughs> Eric's, five, Eric's five-year-old girl. You go put her on a bike, send her in the back country with her, with her Hello Kitty backpack. And it's about like the experience I had with Belmar. Let's just say within the first five minutes, I climbed up. It, it's flat. It's all flat and easy. And I go up the first climb, and I look behind me. No Belmer. I'm like, like what? what the heck? And all of a sudden, I see Belmer come around the corner going Mach 5, and he stops. Just, boom, hits it hard. And he's still on flat ground. He's not climbing yet. And then all of a sudden, in slow motion... I see him tipping, just slow motion, tips right into the river. Really? Right into the river. I was like, what? Am I really, what is going so on? So what was he struggling with, do you think? I have no Balance idea. the pack and the bike. I mean, is it, e-bikes are heavy bikes, so they're not as easy as like putting your foot down. Like you have to put way more energy into like stopping, starting. Yeah. I mean. Then you have a six, 40, 50 pound pack, then it, it, it gets infinitely more tricky right yeah and it it was due to a lack of experience riding for sure but i mean didn't you at one time not an experienced rider either yeah but didn't you at one time ask him if he knows how to ride a bike i did (laughs) just to make sure i said you know how to ride a bike he's like yeah so anyway i see him slowly in slow motion tip over and he goes right into the river but i was like oh is he in the river i couldn't really tell i went down to him and his head was about two inches from the water. Like, all the weeds caught him, and so his head was just barely... And he, his legs were up in the air kicking like this. <laughs> he couldn't get up because he had all that weight from his pack. So I picked, I grabbed his arm, lifted him out of the weeds, and uh, we continued on. So you're instantly thinking, man, this is going to be an interesting hunt. I was like, this is going to be a long day. Gosh, moral of the story, learn how to ride an e-bike first before you take it with a 60-pound pack in the woods. Okay, so I'm making fun of Belmer here, but here we go again. Now I'm going to make fun of myself. Okay, so that's fair. 15 minutes later, um, instead, I was like, man, I, I know we're taking the right path. I kind of came to a split, and I, was, I just went. I just went for it rather than checking base map. I just went for it. Well, we go for another couple minutes. All of a sudden, there's this this creek. Did you hit like, a track on base map? So you're recording. Yeah, yeah. Good job. So I was like, oh, this is easy. So I got across, no problem. 
boom, right through the water, over over top of those river rocks, and I was totally fine. Well, I see Belmer coming across, and I was like, oh, boy, here we go. But it wasn't too bad for me. Sure enough, he freaking hits a rock, and the front tire turns, and the bike goes in the the water, and he's got – He's up to almost his knee in the creek. I was like, oh, no, this hunt's over. I was like, it's over. So he eventually pulls himself out, comes over. to. Luckily, he kept the camera, like, in his hands. Like, he protected the camera and just let the bike fall. Anyway, he gets through, comes over to me. I'm like, do we need to go? Did you bring an extra pair of boots? He's like, no. I was like, oh. I was like, are you going to be able to go? Luckily, like you said, Belmer's a tough little sucker. He's like, I'm fine. I was like, you sure? We might. We're We're going to be sleeping over tonight on the mountain he's like no i'm fine i was like okay well turns out i should i should instead of correcting some of his decision making i just should let him say he's fine and not help him and then let him screw himself so (laughs) he learns a couple lessons and i mean that in the nicest most endearing way yeah because there were especially i went i've went through his pack on multiple hunts we've talked about this and i've saw seen what he's packed as far as food and gear i'm like you are not coming on that hunt with that yeah we we have force corrected him multiple times this last year but anyway. and, I, and I had to do the same thing with Peyton on some hunts because he never really backed back on either either until this last couple of years. So yeah, so we we try to keep going. Anyway, turns out it's more it, we can't do it on bikes, so we have to go back across. So Belmer kind of gets across. It's a little rough. Well, this time I come across and I hit this. I hit my shin on this huge river rock that I didn't see, and I I go in. My, so I'm soaked almost all the way up to my knees. I go out. I'm like, gosh, dang it. I was pissed. So let's just, let's keep going. No problem. So we ride for another 10 minutes. I look down while I'd been glassing while I was driving, you know, I'd wait for Belmer and then I'd glass Mm -hmm. try to find out. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess the last time I glassed, I didn't close up my bino harness. Oh boy. I looked down and there's no, I had no binoculars. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, they're in the river. So I went all the way back, fished them out of the river, and dried them off, started glass. And I was like, hey, they're still working. And we went on. Yeah. So Yeah, that was actually a pretty funny moment. You could tell you're a little bit frustrated, but you didn't look that frazzled. You had a pretty good attitude. In fact, that was a really, that was, that made me smile. That you made can me tell smile. it looks cold, too. Oh, man, it was so cold. It snowed a lot recently, yeah. also. Yeah. I could tell you were in that transition phase between like, babysitting Belmer and losing your own mind. Yeah. Yeah, I could tell. And not because but you got to the point where you're so worried about him that you weren't keeping your head on straight for what you needed to do. Right. It well, felt like that. Well, and, you know, you said it kind of at the beginning. You, you'd hunted it before. Um, I haven't. So yeah. I'd never been there before. So I'm trying to figure out kind of, you know, wing it as I'm going. So yeah. Which is a great segue into the next bonehead moment. Um. That would be uh, you and that mountain lion. Jeez, yeah. You find a mountain lion. And the mountain lion's uh, looks like a decent-sized mountain lion. and no judge a cat when he's not in a tree, but you're like, okay, you know what? I decide, you decide that you want to take that mountain lion. So, you you know, you get Belmer set up on the camera. First off, why are you shooting right-handed when you usually shoot left-handed? Uh, the, just the lay, lay of the land. I, I couldn't, couldn't get – It was tricky. It's, it's hard to explain, but the way that it – the slope yeah, yep the way it sloped i couldn't get left-handed okay so, so uh then secondly people are going to say something about that shot that was a bad shot oh it's a terrible shot uh you missed three and a half feet at least high which at 450 or 550 it was like four f- yeah it was it could have been 475 that's a chip shot yeah that's a chip shot um especially with optics in this day and age 
So, and you were so frazzled, you didn't pick up until later on. You're just like, you just attributed the miss to, um, gosh, I usually shoot left-handed. I didn't have the best rest in the world. I, and then also like, but how could you miss that bad? Right. You know? Well, and I had plenty of time. I mean, he was bedded for a long time. He was bedded so long. I was deciding whether, you know, to even shoot him or not. So that I had that much time, you know, I had to, I made sure the unit was open, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought, like you said, in the moment I was like, Oh, I just either had a bad rest or, or I, you know, it's because I was shooting right handed. But anyway, obviously that's not the case. The you're frazzled. Yeah. Really frazzled. You weren't thinking, right? No. And, uh, so what, what, what ended up happening is I looked at my shooting chart and I based it off of the muzzleloader load <laughs> and not my 6.5 PRC. Which is a 300 grain bullet? Yeah. Versus 143? Yes. Yes. And so... Makes total sense why you had a... You dialed <laughs> way over on that one. Well, I... And, and really at 450 yards, I probably didn't even need to dial, right? I could have... it. It would be better if I dialed, right? It'd You'd be best if still I dialed. Need to dial on a small but I need like to go up line. a little bit. You know, I could have aimed a little bit high, and yeah. Because I know at three fifty, I'm. You I ultimately should have zeroed out, and just went to zero. I mean, yeah. And hindsight. aimed a little. And aimed a little high. And aimed so, a little high, yeah. Because I know at three fifty, I'm I'm on. I don't need to dial. So anyway. Yeah, bonehead move. Um, but you were frazzled really because starting out with the bikes, the e-bikes are a new experience. So I, I probably would have been just a little bit anxious about an e-bike in the backcountry just because I don't know e-bikes. It's a new area. So there's all that anxiety of, number one, new area. Number two, new equipment. Number three, cameraman who's strolling on his bike. Number four, all of a sudden you see a mountain lion and all the adrenaline and excitement gets you. I can totally see how that happens. That's why I can just smile because... I would pr- I would probably feel the same way you did and be just frazzled like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then to not be able to resolve the miss in your mind, that probably bugged you the worst. Like, why the heck did I miss like that? Yeah, and to to add to that, Belmer didn't know where I where I missed. He couldn't tell me. So I was I was so beyond frustrated that I couldn't even think straight. And like you said, I would, everything leading up to that was a frustrating day. And then the adrenaline of finding a line. And I was literally, I had so much time on that line. I was like, I'm like, okay, this is how I'm going to position him with pitchers. Oh, I'm you like, were thinking about all that stuff? Oh, yeah. I, I was going to hammer him. Yeah. yeah there was no reason not to. Yeah. I had all the time in the world to shoot this thing. And I think that miss was so high, that's why you didn't see it through your scope. Right. Yep. And so. But it boggles my mind that he couldn't tell you where the miss was. Yeah. I, I still. How could he not tell? I mean, he's just focusing on the camera <laughs> and the lion. So I don't know how he can tell me. But yeah. Well, you know, he doesn't have a ton of experience in you yeah. know, hunting, like in the, this kind of caliber of hunting. So, you know, I could see that. And he's never done the, well, oh, that wasn't a long range shot, but he doesn't know some of those long range applications of yeah. paper trails and placements and, and all those sorts but of things. Ultimately, but ultimately, I made, you know, I made the biggest bonehead thing. I mean, I looked at my muzzle loader load and went off of that yeah. that's ridiculous so yeah well we all make mistakes but um just sucks it he looked like a nice little lion yeah it did look like a good lion and i'm like holy crap when do you see a lion bedded never and never seen the one units bedded. open and i can shoot it i was my first <laughs> line i've never shot a lion yeah. so you screwed the pooch there bud 
big time. <laughs> hey, that's okay though. Peyton and I had a fun time watching the miss. <laughs> yeah, and you would have enjoyed hauling out that lion more than an elk. Too, oh, oh, yeah, way more. You know what's interesting? That shot was so bad you couldn't even do any editing on it. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to do there. It's just oh, showing showing yeah. a miss. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and that line was. I mean, the line ran off, but yeah. he was so unfazed that he chased. There were a few cow elk barking up that canyon all night. I'm like, gosh, a bull's gonna come out any minute as it was getting dark because there was barking, barking, barking. Well, all of a sudden, these I think it was just two cows came running out. And that lion was chasing him. And we watched that lion chase those cows. You didn't get that on video? Uh, it was like, it was really dark, dark. And Belmer was having a problem I getting see. on him. And anyway. Belmer was just struggling too, wasn't he? Yeah, it was just kind of a rough day, I guess. Yeah, a rough day for everyone. Um, but anyway, yeah. he he uh, We watched that lion chase those cows that night for a little bit. And he was kind of like... He was kind of like, you know, 150 yards off the elk, and they were running, and he would follow their tracks. And yeah, kind of like see. that. But. Gotcha. Well, the worst part of that miss was probably how your confidence just got shattered. Oh, 100%. Because you're like, oh, man, okay, if I miss like that, how am I going to kill an elk? So tell me how you worked through that. What were you thinking? I was thinking when I kill this elk, he needs to be 350 yards or closer. That's yeah. how bad my confidence was shattered. Yeah. And, yeah. So that, it it was messing with my mind, 100%. Yeah. Probably bugging you the whole and, time. And to add to, you know, to add to that, that night, you know, we, Belmer and I were both soaked, knee to toe. Yeah. And we were stuck on the mountain, you know, spiking out. And yeah. And it was cold. Yeah. So you lit up some pyro putty, dried out the best you could. Sounds like you didn't dry out. No. No, Your not Your boots even, are frozen the next not day. Not even close, Yeah. But Did you li- try? Oh yeah, we we hung them on our trekking poles, on our rim rock trekking poles. You'd have had it been up all night. Fire, yeah. It, it like you'd see a ring around it start to to dry, and as soon as like you took your boot away or something, you'd look and it would just like freeze back over. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. You'd see. What was the temperature? Sp- do you know? Oh, it, it was. I think when I looked at base map, the low that night was like sixteen. Oh jeez. Oh man. You that don't want to get your boats or your boots too close to the fire. Yeah, or, or, or your boots. Is that what you're going to say? Your, your boats, your boots. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm talking to the Canadian accent all of a sudden. Your boots. It's because the Canadian huntress has the been Canadian here. The Canadian huntress has been here. Um, yeah, but you could have melted your boots, and that would have been bad yeah. up there. That's happened before. I think Belmer, on the hunt where you and I spiked in, Belmer melted his boots. Or one of the hunts, he melted his boots. I melted my socks on the one. Yeah, but I had an extra pair. <laughs> And I burnt my the inside of my boots a little too the the tongue or whatever but yeah. it was fine. That's it's funny. it's easy to burn them because you want them to dry out. Yeah, you want it, it takes forever. Boots take forever to dry. Oh yeah, forever to dry. And a little fire when it's that cold doesn't. And then when you've dunked it. them in the water completely, it's gonna take. Yeah, forever. twice because I went back to get my my binos yeah. and I had to wade back in there to go grab them. Yeah, it doesn't happen quick. Well, then in the morning too, you guys are showing your boots are just you're scraping ice off of them. Oh yeah, it had and like a quarter of an yeah. inch layer of ice around the outside. Yeah, and Belmer's crunching his, and he can't. You guys can't even move your boots. Well, yeah, so the, the next morning we woke up, and of course they're frozen solid. I do have to say, Belmer accidentally he did this on accident. He packed two pairs of socks, extra socks wow. in his pack. Of all things, while you're backpacking, two extra pairs of socks. <laughs> two so, extra? Yeah, so he changed his out, and I changed mine out. You so. used his socks? Yeah. 
I still have them, actually. I wear them. <laughs> that was nice of them. They're in my gym bag downstairs. So next morning, I go to put my foot in. I tried to start a fire, warm them up so I could, like, they'd get a little pliable. So I can't get my left one in. I pound, pound. All of a sudden, I hear, what? I was like, I ripped the liner, like, at the top of the boot. So the whole boot started to collapse inside of itself. Because they were frozen, I tried to force my foot uh, in, and it just tore the material down. Dang. So now I had a big bulge on the backside against that make my it Achilles. uncomfortable? Oh, or? so uncomfortable. Jeez. That's not fun in that kind of rough country. No. Nope. Dang. You found a pretty solid bull. Like yes. a good bull. You said it looked like my bull I killed. Yeah, like a heavy 5 by 6 it was either five by five or five by six. It Big was, one. Yeah, good bull. So you, so you went up there to find him, found Nick's buck, which was an absolute tank of a three. Phoned Nick, told him where he could go kill this buck, and then, uh, you know, what happened after that? Yeah. So next morning we just started glassing to see if there were any elk. No elk. No elk all morning. Then I look and I was like, just in my binos, I was like, that's a buck. Couldn't see any antlers. He was he was a ways off. And I could just tell body, big pot belly, put my, uh, spotter up and I was like, holy crap, this, this buck just has a troll head. He's, I'm like, he's near 30 wide. He's dang close. He's a tank. And so I was like, I knew Nick was one mountain range over hunting deer. So I marked the buck. I used XDR, just, I ranged it, used XDR, dropped a pin Shared that smart marker on base map with Nick, and I said, "If you want a 29 inch buck, here you go." Wow, that's pretty cool. That was that was cool of you. Nick had a hard time at first saying thanks. Yeah, I'm not. He sure. was a little. He, I don't. I know. He was a little bit prideful there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, man. I had a. I had a freaking. Yeah, I would have. I would have done a lot of things for a buck like that. Yeah, he's he's a stud, and he had this like black. I don't know if it was a mole or just the way his hair was, but he had this big black mark on the side of his face. Yeah, and yeah. Congrats, congrats to our buddy Nick for uh, an awesome buck, and then you also for yeah. And he that worked. Find. He worked his butt off to go kill that thing too. Yeah, I think he re-hurt his back a little bit because oh, he yeah. packed the entire buck out. Yep, poor guy. And and he hauled to get up there because it's not. I mean, where we went is it's steep and it's a haul. Yeah. And so he worked his butt off to go kill that thing. So and he had to outduel a couple guys because there were there were some guys on some ridges surrounding him and he uh. basically went right up the gut and good for you beastmaster <laughs> for beating out the beating out the poor folks yeah so we're kind of and we're jumping the gun so I didn't see an elk I shared that Belmer and I were like ah let's let's get up top and see if we can glass some elk up so we uh, hiked our butts off we skirted the buck we went way around him so we didn't scare him so that Nick you know didn't have any problems finding him again. And uh, got way up top, and we spent the whole day looking for elk, and nothing all day. And I was like, "Gosh, this sucks!" And lots of people everywhere. Um, no one, you know, was willing to go where I went, but I could, you know, kind of. Anyway, I could see a lot of people because we got a pie, and I was like, "Gosh, this just sucks." And then all of a sudden, I glassed a few cows up. I was like, "Hey, let's go get, you know, go get closer." In, into position and meanwhile Nick, Nick's texting me ah, I'm starting my climb blah 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 so it was kind of cool because as we were getting on those elk uh, Nick was kind of getting in position of that buck and he was I don't get a Eric always calls my phone service Mickey Mouse service I, <laughs> I 
bad service. But I, for some reason, I was getting service there. So Nick was giving me updates. It was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, we we start going after these cows and getting closer to them to see if a bull is going to pop out. And sure enough, we glass up, I think, two or three cows, and out of nowhere, a bull pops out. Oh, nice. So we uh, got three, three, four year old, three year old bull, probably. Yeah. Good eating bull. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's coming right at me, too. He uh, he started out a ways out, and I was like, geez, Belmer, if he keeps coming at us and gets and gets into position, um, you know, my going back to my my confidence was shattered. Yeah. <laughs> if he <laughs> if he gets close, I'm going to shoot him. Yeah. And so he kind of follows the path of the cows, and he eventually splits off from the cows and keeps coming at us and um, hammered him. Yeah, yeah, he went right down. Yeah, he like flipped. He. <laughs> If you watch the video, watch the Hornady replay. I hit that bull, and he literally all four come off the ground, and he's airborne for a second. <laughs> he smashes I, down. I saw the corner of his eye, and he was thinking, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. And he, um, anyway, he rolls, and he slides and rolls for a long time, a couple hundred yeah. yards. Yeah, that probably made it funner packing him out. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that was awesome. I love, I love the story here because of how you guys persevere and you guys grind, right? You guys go hard in the paint couple e-bike wrecks soaking wet frozen boots sounds like you tore up the one boot you missed the mountain line by a mile <laughs> and you didn't quit and you found a good buck for nick nick executed on the kill shot um gosh it was just full of trials and you guys didn't give up that's what i think is pretty cool general unit lots of public pressure you outworked you out hiked and you outdid everyone else in the area and I think that's something you got to be absolutely proud of, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, how many It was hunt- a short hunt. What, a day and a half? Yeah, two days. Like, yeah. Two days, four days total with travel and stuff. But, yeah, I when I, when have you ever went on a hunt and say, I shot at a mountain lion, an elk, and, you know, someone else in your hunting party. You saw a bear, too. Kills a buck. Yeah, saw a bear, too. Looked like a good bear, too. Yeah, it did. And so, when can you say that? Like, I could have shot a big bear, shot at a mountain lion. Shot an elk, and my buddy kills a 29-inch wide buck. Yeah, yeah. Pretty epic. And right after, this was cool, too. Right after I shot my bull, um, we hear a And we weren't super close to where Nick was, but I was like, that's Nick. And oh, really? I get a text, buck down. <laughs> I was like, gosh, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you guys, that ending photo, too bad. Nick didn't film it. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing, but yeah, he was, he was done. He still had a really bad back at the time. Yeah. Too. He had had surgery not too long ago and invasive back surgery, but how wide was Nick's buck actually? Cause I know in the, in the video, you, you want people to comment. So if they listen to the podcast, I guess, they but they'll cheat on the comments. I mean, they would have to watch, I guess they could go back and cheat if they really did, but that means they listened to the podcast for a while too. Do we, does, did he ever measure it? Yeah, What's he did. Official? He what is like, it? Right at twenty nine. Wow, so. that's a that's an incredible animal, especially for public land. Yeah, long tines, dark chocolate, old, saggy, big body. That's yeah, a, that's incredible a, mule deer, especially on public land. Yeah, anything else that we should cover in this? Um, we pretty much told the whole adventure. Well, there's kind of the after of going back in for the the bikes and stuff. Oh yeah, I can and explain how you guys that. Hiked out. Well, why don't you talk about the pack out? Yeah, know? so we didn't uh, we didn't end up going the same way where we pack where we hiked in and uh the reason was because that bull just went way down 
And so we got on base map, we looked at some other trails. And so I said, Hey Nick, if you're going to get back tonight, you know, there's this trail, him and I kind of game planned. Can you drive around and pick me up? And, uh, that's what we ended up doing. So rather than, you know, packing this bowl six, 700 yards straight up and then, you know, anyway, a long way out, we took a different trail that was, that was quite a bit easier. So you and Belmer deboned him. Yeah. So as I quartered Belmer deboned and I was like, Belmer, he's like, I've never deboned anything. I was like, you got to figure it out because we got to get going. And dude, he did an amazing job deboning. He like, he kind of like when he ships in the warehouse, (laughs) he's just hundred miles an hour. Probably didn't say much. No. And he just like, he didn't leave a piece of meat on the bone. I was Good. like, whoa, that's incredible. Anyway, <laughs> so I was really surprised at that. But we packed the whole bull off that night because we did not want to go back in there, yeah. especially with our boot situation. Yeah. And so that's the reason we took him out a different way. I think it, I, I say like two and a half, three miles in the video. It ended up being like four and a half, five. Oh, did it? And uh, anyway, pack him out. Nick grabs us. So that means we have to go. We hiked back in to go get the bikes the next day and did some video and, and photos for Baku and and then yeah headed out so nice pretty epic adventure pretty i bet you guys were absolutely smoked too oh you know when you're so smoked that you don't get good rest like you don't sleep good cuz yeah. your body's yeah. so exhausted it takes like it's like day 2 or day 3 before you finally get yeah. back into that REM sleep and feel good it was kind of like on a recent uh coos hunt yeah i didn't sleep good that night i didn't sleep good the night we drove i didn't sleep the good the first night but that like the second or third day i was like yeah, it takes slept you a bit really to get, good yeah yeah, you know what's nice too? Coming back to a nice Kodiak canvas tent yeah. with a buddy heater. Yeah. Oh my god. That would have been nice in uh on the coos hunt, huh? You forgot <laughs> yeah. the poles? Yeah, I forgot the poles. We hauled everything down there that took up the entire bed and we didn't use any of it hardly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so stressful packing that truck and we didn't use eighty percent of the things we put in the back of it because we forgot the the tent poles. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Show up there, dumb. he rolls out the tent and I'm looking around, I'm like, Where's the tent poles? He's like I've never seen such a scared look on your face. I was like, so we we have two Kodiaks. The other Kodiak is all compressed together. So I've never used this other one. I didn't know that the poles were separate in a separate bag. That's so, how he had yeah. packed it when we went to Oklahoma, but we didn't have to use the tent, so we didn't know. So Aaron just thought it was the same yeah. setup. That's what he'd taken before. Yeah. So. Definitely not the same failures. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I know that now. No, yeah. So we're giving away a – what are we giving for a gift card on this film? A Baku General gift card. So. A Baku gift card and some Pyro Putty? Yep. Okay. So go to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to it, guys. Leave a comment on how wide you think Nick's buck is. We're going to pick a random winner uh, to to be entered to win the Baku gift card, so Pyro Putty. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Help us grow. Share the video on your social media. Share it. Share the link. Send it to your buddies. Email it to them. Um, and help us grow this podcast. If you like it, share it. Um, we're, we're, let us know how you like this behind-the-scenes stuff of the hunts. Um, this isn't a very long podcast, but I think it's kind of neat to be able to detail out some of the reasons. I think shedding light on Aaron Smith is kind of important, too, because... You know, you could tell, and me knowing Aaron probably better than anyone else, I could tell he was frustrated, and I could tell in his mind he just couldn't quite figure out what happened, so it was nice to kind of shed some light on that with this podcast. So subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. We appreciate it. And then also get yourself BaseMap. BaseMap.com forward slash Mealy Freak. Save yourself 20%. Transfer all your waypoints over to Onyx. Okay. Um, Homegrown company, a company where the CEO takes pride in the product, it out features Onyx 10 to 1. 
and you're supporting a smaller company, not a conglomerate. And that's why I am a huge advocate of of Basemap, and I encourage everyone else to sign up for Basemap too. It's a different user experience, but ultimately, when you become comfortable with it, it's a better user experience and more features. In it. And transferring data from Onyx to Basemap is so simple. A couple minutes and you're done. So. Yep, we all use it. Some of our circles beginning to all use it. Um, so make the switch. All right, guys, catch you on the next one.